Welcome to the Leadership Zone. I'm your host, Sheila Walsh, Leadership Development Specialist, Coach and Researcher. Okay, I'm really excited about today's episode. I know that I say that a lot, but today we have Orla Dempsey with us to discuss leadership in terms of education, the Irish school system, and Orla has a really interesting professional point of view, but also Orla has done some interesting research this year into the experience of teachers in schools. Having watched Orla's work over the last number of years, I'm really excited for Orla to share some of her thoughts about the research and some of the data that came out of it. So before we get started, I should get Orla to introduce herself. So Orla, will you say hello to everyone? Let us know a little bit about what you do, and then we'll take it from there to discuss the many things we have to discuss today. Brilliant. So I am Orla Dempsey. I am the teacher promotion and teacher development coach. And what I do is I help school leaders to do excellent interviews, to build their confidence around their own leadership and their leadership development and step forward to the next level in education. And at the start of the summer, I created a survey to ask teachers about their experiences of school leaders so that we can bridge the gap between what the needs of the teachers are in terms of their school leaders and vice versa. So fill in that little piece about in a practical way about how we can become better leaders within the school system. That's really interesting, Orla. And I'm just thinking that comes up quite a lot in all organizations but I think in the education system in particular at least when I used to work with uh, secondary school teachers and we were doing CPD one of the things that would always come up was a slight gap between how the leaders in in the school saw their role in their work and the experience that others were having of it because in a school system if you're student focused or exam focused it's very easy to lose sight of the people who help the focus you know, be achieved or, or succeed. So tell me a little bit about the kind of signals anyone would have to know that they need to come to you. So I know you talk a lot about teachers are having human experiences when they're being interviewed for promotions or when they're trying to present something. Can you say a little bit about how a teacher would know that that they need some support rather than just kind of white knuckling it themselves? Well, actually, that phrase white knuckling at themselves is a real signifier for me in terms of helping them to get over some nerves, developing their self-awareness. And really, I think a lot of people come to me for interview preparation because I'm anonymous. I don't know. They trust in the advice that I give them or the observations that I make of who they're showing up as in the world. Whereas if they sometimes go to colleagues and things and they feel that perhaps there's a little bias there because they have a bigger picture than somebody anonymously looking looking out at them. So I think that that gives them a lot of solace in that, gosh, OK, I got this when I can see things that other people perhaps also see in them. Other reasons that people would come to me, I suppose part of the, being the teacher development coach was that I use a document called the Looking at Our Schools document, which is a framework for teachers that helps them pinpoint and identify what the leadership qualities are. And it's a very active document. It comes to life then when it comes to preparing for interviews and school leaders and especially senior leadership teams would identify it as a big purpose of it is the school self-evaluation or the DASH planning purpose. 
and and I, and I look at that as well and I, I love to work with schools on well where are we right now so it's an experience in goal setting really and taking little incremental steps to improve the performance of the school as a whole so that document is really multifunctional but teachers when going for interviews they often use it it can dent their confidence a little bit because they're, what they're saying is is what I'm doing good enough <laughs> and to to hear that you're doing a great job from an outsider or, or just to orally articulate it in a coaching session is a, a very powerful thing for teachers. I love that because I'm all about understanding the system and the purpose of the goals. And, you know, sometimes you could think that schools and, and depending on your relationship with schools, that schools are just moving people through an education system rather than that they have a purpose and goals and structures and, you know, things that are meant to kind of embed some kind of excellence and achievement in what they're doing, not just rolling it out. So first, before we get into the actual piece of research you did this year, which is, I think, quite impressive, I just want to say that this is probably the ideal episode for anyone in a school leadership position, any teachers in schools or SNAs, anyone who's engaged in the school system, but also for anyone who's supporting the school system. So whether that's through offering CPD or if you're a parent or you're engaged in the school system, this type of insight could help you to understand the different stakeholders involved in the school, but also to understand the unmet needs that exist as well and the gaps between what is needed and maybe what is understood or known. So first of all, I think I've got the title correct. It was the teacher's experience of their school leaders. That was the title of the survey. You have over 200 responses in the Irish context, which I think is really good for somebody bringing out a solo survey. I think that's really interesting. It demonstrates a high level of trust from the people who participated to have that many people participate. So first of all, tell me kind of generally what were the key themes that stood out to you? Yeah, I suppose the first thing that I acknowledged was that it was very important for teachers to feel heard. They were very eager to fill in the questionnaire so that their voice would be recognised. So in schools, we talk about student voice quite a lot. So this coming from somebody external to any schools, just asking a variety of questions. I got a lot of thanks for teachers at the very end of the survey to say thanks for doing this survey and it meant a lot to them to complete it. So I was very pleased to be able to have thought of the idea, I suppose, and to really action it and be able to talk about it right now. Okay, that's really interesting because I'm just thinking about the principles of inclusive leadership and it would be that every stakeholder's voice matters. But when we're focused on a particular outcome, like student focused, it can be very easy to forget about the people who are delivering and facilitating that experience. Okay, so first of all, people were eager. I think that's clever for anyone doing a master's or a PhD to know that when you deal with a, a particular stakeholder who may not have their voice heard, you might get more engagement. So I think that's interesting. Tell me about the kind of things, before we get into like the breakdown differences, what kind of things were they saying? What was the kind of overall sense coming from that survey? Yeah, the reason I chose to do the survey was when I was researching online about other organizations and their experience of their leaders. I like to explain to teachers who are within the education sector that actually other organizations experience similar experiences. So that whole unifying process that schools are organizations like 
our multinationals are our organizations and that because teachers have always gone through the education system we can kind of experience a bit of tunnel vision there and forget about the, the experiences of others out there so that was the purpose and I thought oh when I came across the body of research I said why don't I do the same thing for teachers I suppose I'm wondering what are the high level outcomes that you've taken from I think understanding why you did it is really important because I do think that most sectors or organizations can often say oh but we're different and they are like there are nuances but when it comes to organizational systems you know what I mean systems function as systems and I think that idea of unifying is really clever because otherwise it's really hard for teachers and, and school leaders to think about themselves as an organization because that might not be, they may not have had an external experience to that previously. So I think that's quite clever. So when you were looking at the kind of results, was there anything as a top level that you thought were like, oh, that's really interesting. I wasn't expecting that or oh, that confirms what I was thinking. A big change that we're making in the education system at the moment is the idea of creating distributed leadership and what that looks like and how it's possible to be able to We've been very lucky over the last few years because we've opened up the middle management and, and there being roles of AP1s and AP2s. And that's been an interesting. So there's been an awful lot of recruitment over the last couple of years. And so, you know, even one of the questions was to who would you most likely go to if you had a concern? So I gave the four different roles between the middle management and the senior leadership just to get a sense for mm. who that might be and whether distributed leadership is is as effective. So of course, you're getting quite a lot of experiences of, across the different school settings, whether that be a primary level, post-primary level. And yeah, that's been quite interesting. So most people have gone to more than about 70% of people went to the senior leaders. Wow. So there's room for a little bit of work there and, and, and delegation in terms of distributed leadership there. That's really interesting, considering that the senior leaders then in that 70% is likely to be the bottleneck of decision-making, not necessarily by their own choice. So obviously their leadership style impacts, but actually if people are wanting to go to the most senior person that they can access, which is quite normal human behavior, the bottleneck might be created for the senior leader rather than the senior leader, depending on their style, which is interesting because often when I talk to leaders, they, you know, I'll be talking about, you know, how decisions are made and things. And what can often happen is this assumption that the leader wants it to come through them. But that may not always be the case. It may just be the case that human nature, the people in the room want to speak to the most important person or the person yielding the most power, which might be getting in their own way. So I think, OK, so that's really interesting. 70% is a really high out of over 200 answers. That's a really high answer. OK, what other kind of interesting questions did you have that brought unusual answers or, or something you weren't sure about? So almost 69% say that their school are not good at developing leadership skills in others. So wow. that may be feed into <laughs> that observation, the previous question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering the relationship between not good at developing leadership skills and what kind of leadership skills people are presuming to be leadership skills, you know, because, like you said, teachers have gone through the education system, so they have an idea about who has what power, when and where. And if you're thinking about like shared leadership or distributed leadership, that might be a whole new concept to even understand. So, OK, so so far the results are telling us 
definitely the distributed model needs more attention. What other kind of questions did you ask that you thought were interesting? Oh, I mean, there was so much. I'm just looking at the graphs here at the moment. Mm. So another one was, I know teachers who have experienced burnout and have had to take time off school. So 87% of people said yes to that. Wow. Yeah. I would be really interested to see how that compares to another industry. So because if you're thinking about somebody saying, I know a teacher that burnt out and took time off, 87% is really high. And they're more than likely working with similar people for a long period of time, because that tends to be the norm in, in the Irish school system. I'm wondering how that compares. I might have a look. That's really interesting. Were you able to have a look at how that compares to other industries? You're like, next step. <laughs> yes, next step. Excellent. But there, you know, there was another one kind of similar to that. It makes me a bit sad because do you know teachers who have left their job because they felt a lack of appreciation? So, so gratitude and expressing gratitude. And I was explaining on my Instagram, both at teacher level up and from the top down. Mm. And like that, 81% of teachers have said that they know of a teacher who left their job because they're feeling a lack of appreciation. Okay. And if we just think about basic employee engagement, appreciation, acknowledgement are really central to feeling that what you're doing is more important than the task that you're doing. You know, going into French class isn't necessarily the most motivating maybe if you love French motivating thing but actually knowing that it matters is what's motivating okay wow like I can even feel myself I didn't have a great experience in the education system in Ireland until I got to third level but I had key teachers to this day like one identified my dyslexia another was like oh you, you're not very good at this but you can do honors this just do the lower test because actually you understand it but you'll never pass the test because you can't write it down you know I had teachers who could see capability but had they been disengaged I would have just been the student who couldn't get it and so when I hear like above 80 percent what I hear is teachers who aren't being nourished enough to be able to go on and nourish the students outside of the thing they deliver, which is only a very small part of teaching. We, we know that teachers spend a lot of time nurturing people, their students, and that wasn't necessarily the job, but that's what's needed for the student to learn. So what I hear is unmet needs for teachers result in unmet needs for students, but also probably unmet need for senior leaders who are frustrated that their staff are rebelling or complaining or, you know, all of that extra stuff. I love the questions that you've asked because you can see the systemic knock on effect of the gap between teachers' needs and maybe uh, senior leaders' kind of decision-making and understanding. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And, okay, what other kind of things came up that you think are particularly interesting? Definitely there's room for growth. So a lot of teachers responded in the questionnaire about the fact that they have unmet potential and they have felt very stifled. Some teachers I've spoken to with, with very comprehensive experiences and masters in education and, and a huge interest in their subject area. And because they haven't met the criteria or they haven't been hired as a middle leader or a senior leader, feel stuck in a in a place whereby their experience to get involved and to lead certain projects, especially in the larger schools, I feel that there's so many in terms of seniority above them, they just feel very stifled in their experience of being able to lead. Wow. And, and I think 
again, if, if a teacher is feeling stifled, how are they coping day to day? Like how are they regulating their emotions? How does that impact their view of themselves and their work and therefore their view of the work that they do with students? And I think one of the challenges systemically that you're talking about is that there are limited senior middle management roles in, you know, and in our Irish education system, correct me if I'm wrong, people tend to stay in roles for long periods of time because it's not that easy to move around. So what happens to all of the potential if there isn't a formal leadership role? How do we support teachers, you know, engaging in their own leadership, being appreciated for it, seeing themselves progressing, even if an official role isn't available? And I, I think we don't talk about that a lot when we talk about the Irish education system, because actually the truth is there isn't like an unamount, like unlike other industries, there isn't an unlimited amount of opportunity in terms of formal roles. But there is this other space that maybe is underexplored, you know, in terms of people's capacities and and different types of shared leads, a bit like um, third level sometimes do, you know, where they share a head role you have for a period of time and then it's passed on. And, and that kind of there's pros and cons to it, but that does require a level of showing up then because actually the, the role is a is there for a period of time and somebody else will have that role at another point in time what, what are your thoughts on that one really interesting because I love that uh I mean that's real distributed leadership yeah. if there can be an informal you know it may be a, a reworking of the system but when teachers secure an AP1 or an AP2 post in a school it's theirs until the end of their career unless they move to another school so yeah I, I think that that's a really nice idea but also what I'm trying to do is demystify the fact that leadership equals having a a role or a, a formal leadership role so my very first question was do you feel that you're a leader in your school and why or why not and there were very interesting responses to that one so what was the kind of sense of that question <laughs> so I speak quite a lot about a leader being somebody who can inspire others and that's the very basis for me of, of leadership so demystifying the fact that you need a role to do that and, and empowering the class teacher to be a leader in experiencing, you know, even from choosing the examples for their interview is, well, it has to be something outside of the classroom. It says, oh, hang on, let's rework this a little bit and say, what are the ways that you're inspiring your students? And then give other examples of other things that you've contributed in the school or, or just developing a, a flexible mindset around that in that primarily you've achieved success because you have been a classroom teacher first. So hopefully I, I feel that the little bit of work that I'm doing on that to help class teachers see that if they don't have a middle leader or a senior leadership role, does not mean that they're not leading? And so some mm -hmm. teachers said, well, yes, that they have, they're quite experienced and that they feel that they are leading and influencing others. Other teachers come to them for advice and support. There was a little element of, well, then the opposite was true. No, I'm not a leader. I'm just a substitute teacher. No, I'm not a leader. I'm new in the school. No, So again, they didn't really have appreciation or acknowledgement that they can start to leave, lead from their classroom first. So they were very interesting. I think others then did identify that the being a leader can be more of a flexible experience in that they can un informally take on leadership roles and lead in that way. So yeah, it was quite an interesting uh, array of answers for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if you found this but just based on that, sometimes when I've engaged with primary and secondary education, 
like schools, I find that people are waiting for permission to be a leader. So they need the title. Um, whereas you do need a title to be a manager. I do. That is true. You know, if you're managing something, you need the title. But a leader is anyone who follows. So it's, it's anyone who anyone follows, ultimately, just the very title, you know, so exactly what you're saying in a slightly different terminology. And I've often found because usually teachers have done well in the system. So they've, you know, I've worked hard, I've got rewarded, I've worked hard, I got rewarded. It can be very frustrating to get somewhere, work hard. And the next idea of reward, which is usually an official title of some sort, isn't available. And what I found is when I've worked with teachers and I've worked with usually groups of teachers, it's almost like waiting for permission to flourish or have their potential rather than saying, well, this is who I am. You know, I enjoy doing this piece. I'm just going to bring it. Do you find that as well? Or is that do you have a different experience when you look at that? Yeah, I think also that goes back to human behavior, though, as well. Sometimes we need somebody to say that that's OK <laughs> and, and to demystify that. But certainly, absolutely. And I think having been a teacher myself, if I had somebody to to give me permission and, and to show their faith in me I think it really for me it goes back to faith and say I trust you I believe that you can make a great job of the school library or of of uh, reinventing this room for a different purpose or and sometimes I know a big thing that senior principals and senior school leaders are looking for is initiative and teamwork all in one so I can take on the initiative or show initiative of revamping something that nobody has ever noticed or seen before. So that goes back to that little permission piece mm. is that if I go and propose this, I suppose, again, it's, it's, it's trust. I know a lot of teachers feel feel stifled and, and they, they lose trust then when they feel rejected or not back and not back. And I know sometimes I often think that it's a good idea to go with a menu of options. So these mm. are a few things that I could do in the school that I've noticed could do an improvement so that it softens the blow a little bit when if the senior school leader doesn't see that as as warranted or being effective in school sometimes it can kind of help to manage our own emotions around it really. Mm. I think that's really important that kind of idea of understanding not just what you think should happen but understanding how the other person receiving it. I often think about school leaders and how everything hit like lands on their table eventually you know if something goes wrong it will eventually be on their table so often their table is full of problems like let's be honest not full of leadership opportunities innovation it's full of problems and if we're thinking about how do we support somebody who is batting problems away the first thing is not to become one of their problems but to become one of their supporters now obviously if their leadership and their approach isn't very emotionally intelligent or they don't have a growth mindset that's going to be a nightmare no matter what you do. But in the cases where that isn't the case, actually, I think that menu is really important. How do you become a support rather than an additional problem, which can sometimes happen when we're really excited about something and someone says, that's not my priority. We can very easily become their, a problem or it becomes a problem rather than actually being a solution for one of the things currently to tying them up. Okay. so. We will put links below so people can go and see different pieces of material about this report. Can I ask you, is the report going to go live again, the survey, to be filled out another time? Oh, great question. Yes, I'm going to say at the end of the school year this year to see. So I'm going to I'm going to follow up on this and I'm going to create some content and and perhaps a, a masterclass or some kind of a, ideas for school leaders 
yeah, it, it really, I suppose it's really important for me. It's part of why I'm here is to be able to bridge that gap between outside of the education sector and that awareness of this is happening in other areas with nuances, of course, as you say, but to make it live and to help and empower school leaders to be able to see the results and how we can improve them. Brilliant. Brilliant. So I have a couple of very quick questions before we finish the call. Do you have an example of a great leader, just in your opinion, in any area at all that you go, that person makes me think about great leadership? I think years ago, I used to run a lot and I had an image of Barack Obama and it was the whole idea of we all have 24 hours in the day and he was out for a run. (laughs) And that really inspired me, that whole work-life balance thing in that as a leader, we need to manage our time effectively and show up as our best. And if things can come full circle for him. (laughs) So I think Barack Obama, yes, will be a great example of a leader. Okay. I really love that. And is there one piece of advice that you would give to listeners or leaders before we finish this? What's that one piece of advice? Probably primarily educational leaders, but what's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave everyone with? To believe in yourself. I deal with the most amazing teachers every day. They're making such a difference. And I said this morning on my Instagram, you know, if you could see yourself through my eyes, they're they're just making such a difference in this world and educating the future of Ireland and the world. And yeah, I think we to stop and celebrate and give ourselves credit. I think that would be so beneficial for teachers. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for giving us your time, Orla, and for sharing some of those results. One of the things I'll say is that what you shared, I don't think is unique to education. I think some of the numbers are. And I think it's worth all of us keeping in mind when we're thinking back on our own education or we're engaging with the education system in any way to be aware that regardless of how frustrated or challenged or any of those things, they're just people at the end doing their best usually. And maybe if they're burnt out, they're not doing their best, but there is probably good reason for it. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Sheila. Thank you for listening to The Leadership Zone. We can continue this conversation over on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at Sheila Walsh one or at LinkedIn. You'll find me under Sheila Walsh to book a free consultation to discuss your leadership needs or the leadership development needs of your organization. Simply visit my website www.sheilawalsh.com and book a free leadership consultation. I look forward to hearing from you.